Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Everyone needs a little bit of thunder and lightning, gentlemen. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Joining us here on a, not just a Tuesday morning, but Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas Eve to all of you out there, all the thunderbolts and lightning heads out there. We are glad that you have decided to join us today. Santa Claus is flying over the world tonight, yeah. listening to Thunder and Lightning, the Christmas Eve rumblings edition. I believe it. Thunder and Lightning. I believe no doubt it. about it. Well, he should already be on the move, right? Because, I mean, think about signing day, right? It was a day early. He's got to be over there in Australia and all that kind of stuff. Well, right? this will actually be posted on, you know, the 23rd. Not. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, no, you're right. You're right. As we're recording now, no. But once I put it up, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so Merry Christmas to you, Santa. Yeah. And Merry Christmas to all of you guys out there listening to Thunder and Lightning. You've made it a, such a tremendous year for us. We really appreciate it. We always appreciate our listeners, especially our servicemen and women. Hopefully being safe on this Christmas Eve. If you're home, great. If you're not, you know, enjoy yourself as much as you can out there protecting us. We, we always appreciate it. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are also always taking care of us here in Starkville. I need to go. I got, I got a free one up there. I need to go get that. I need to. Might, might be a Christmas Eve kind of thing to do. What do you, what do you got there? You got I mean, a gift card from Strange Brew Coffee. Got me a bunch of free ones here. What's that? Somebody got you a gift card? You darn right they did, man. Yeah, I think I think I think we've reached a point where we can talk about not paying you to do this podcast because you're just making enough money in coffee. Well, this in, this particular one did not come from a oh, fan. Okay. Well, actually, I guess it did come from a fan because he hired me. Okay. Uh, came from good old Danny P. Smith. Hey, so, Danny P. So yeah, he, Look at he the man. The the other boss man has hooked me up. He listens to this podcast. I guarantee it. I think he has some. I don't yeah. know if he's a lawyer. He's, he's got to be on here listening to what you say. Like, well, Joel, you know, heard you dropping F-bombs on the podcast. You know, and, and we can't have that. And then he, as soon as he turns it off, return to the Mac. Just blaring. Blaring wherever he goes. All right. So Strange Brew Coffee House, Charting Spoon Ice Cream. See them when you're in Starbucks. But when you're in Jackson, you want to do some shopping. Buddy, it's as last minute as last minute gets. I'm sure they're – but that said, they're still open for you. Go check out College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. A little late on the online, but you can definitely check them out if you're in the Jackson area over in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or by the Half Shell in Flowood, and you can get some of the best MSU merchandise there is to be found. MSU, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, LSU, Alabama, all that stuff. It's there at College Corner for the fan in your life. It is time for the Rumblings, a Christmas edition of our mailbag segment. Santa has the gift bag. We have the mailbag. You're darn right. So we've got a lot of good questions, and we're going to get – Right into them, and we're going to start with Peyton Neely today, who wants to know, what baseball series in Starkville are you most excited for this year? Oh, that is an outstanding question. Am I wrong to say it's a non-conference series? Um, The Oregon State series? Uh, this goes to show how much I, I've already been looking at baseball. When I type in HA uh-huh. as the address on my phone, yeah. like the top Hailstate.com the top slash baseball. State, the 2020 baseball schedule. Been Been looking at that for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that Oregon State series is one that just immediately jumped to mind. Uh, but let's see, does stay? I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Super Bowl all weekend. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, I wished it was in Starkville. It's not. Uh, at Vandy, JT Ginn, yeah. Kumar Rocker on that that opening game of that series. Sign me up. Uh, for that matchup too. Um, yeah, those are th- those are my top three: Oregon State, Ole Miss, and then at Bandy on the road. Th- those are those are my three favorites. I don't really know which one I'm looking forward to more than the others because, quite frankly, I'm immensely anticipating all three. So yeah, yeah. Oregon State's the one for me, and then Ole Miss. Probably the next one for me is at LSU. Yeah, you know that that's that's, that's always fun. Yeah. Well, fun might not be the word I would use to describe it, 
But uh, it's it's certainly a, it's going to be a very important series for Mississippi State. We'll I mean, you got another College World Series team coming in. Arkansas is coming to start. There's you another. Yeah. Uh, possibility. So, man, just a lot of fun stuff coming yeah, up to, no, to look forward to with baseball. Yeah, I agree. All right, our friend Ben White wants to know what's the best book we read this year. I don't know that I read a book this year, to be totally honest. I did. I read, I read one. Never mind. So it's going to be a really short answer for me. Ah, best book I read this year. I didn't read as many as I would have liked to have read. Um, I kind of reread a, a pro- probably a, a book called Not a Fan. So actually a uh, is it by Neil McCready? A, no, that's <laughs> funny. It is a it's a Christian book. Uh, there, Brian, but it's just talking about how not be a you know. Don't be a fan of Jesus Christ. Be a follower of Jesus Christ, and okay. do what, do what do what you know. What would Jesus do? Actually, do it, uh, kind of thing. So, I, I gave a terrible summation of that book there, but but I, I re I reread it, and that that one always stands out to me. So for right now, I'll say that because I, I did not read as many books in 2019 as I would have liked to had. I read a lot of sports books and stuff too that that I like too, but that that's the one that like sticks with me because I've read it a couple times now. So okay. Uh, I only read one book this year, and that was Batman and Philosophy, The Dark Knight of the Soul, which was a book about applying the lessons of philosophy to Batman, about morality and things like that. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling you me about that when you, yeah. as you were reading it, I believe. Yeah, it's a very interesting book, so that's my, my one for the year. Uh, Rob Hathaway wants to know, like an idiot, I decided four days before Christmas would be a good idea to paint a room in our house. What's the dumbest thing you've ever tried to cram into a very busy busy holiday week? Ah, uh. <laughs> not smart, Bob or well, Rob. Bob works too. My wife and I were actually talking about doing something in the next day or two. Um, at, at our house, when we bought it, we had this little—I don't know what you call it—but above our gas fireplace, it's like a what do you? You can put a TV in the hole, like a, the mantle. Yeah, well, it's above the mantle, but there's like a. A square, pretty big okay. hole that you could like put a, a TV in. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I mean, it would the TV would basically need to be like thirty-two inches or smaller mm-hmm. to fit in that hole. And so we've been discussing like building something in that little hole <laughs> so we can actually hang our television there instead of where it has been since we've been in that house for the last five years. Um, and, and we started to just go ahead and like do this in the next day or two, and I'm like. Wait a second. We're going to be going everywhere the next three days. Let's let's not start any projects um, over the course of the next couple of days. So that probably could have turned into a uh, something that would have made me kind of cranky. But we didn't do that. Yeah. Apparently, a, Rob, you did not make that decision, and you jumped a, in. So. Sounds like a poor decision. To be yeah. So I, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I actually did that I wish that I didn't do, and yeah, nothing nothing's coming to mind. I've always been smart enough to like you know. Now I've waited to the last minute to. The last two or three years to build some stuff for the kids, yeah, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, well, some of that stuff you can't help, you know. Yeah, you, it's got to be ready on Christmas morning. But I, I don't ever remember like thinking, okay, we should do this project. You know, I, I this was unprecedented for me, Rob. You you really made a hash of this. <laughs> so, all right, uh, Justin Strawn, six forty-seven p.m. We got him. We got him <laughs> in a time when everybody was awake. <laughs> If the Bulldogs win their bowl game, Joe Moorhead will be 4-1 and one this year with a full roster. I know this season was disappointing, but how do we correctly evaluate a coach who had to, some really big hurdles to overcome? That's a really good point that I had not thought of. 4-1 and one with the full roster. And, you know, they lost the game at Tennessee. That's a bad loss. But, and then, you know, but beating Kentucky, they're a bowl team. They will have beaten Louisville, who's a bowl team. And Ole Miss, you know, in Arkansas. The, I mean, The best 4-8 and eight team in the country, Ole the, Miss. Was. The best. Would have been five and seven were it not for urination simulation. I had a chance at it anyway. It's a good. It's a good question. You know, I, I guess what we have to do. Joe Moorhead is the perfect storm of if you want to come up with reasons to not like him, there are plenty. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come up with reasons to love him, there are plenty. Yeah, that's why he's so polarizing because every side of that argument can make a very legitimate case as to why they're right. To the answer to the question is this: How do we correctly evaluate him? You give him twenty twenty. And you're going to know for sure what you got after 2020. Simple as We've said that. Are you, though? Yes. If state 6-6, 7-5. Yes. 7-5. Six, yes. Let, let's say 7-5. Seven 7-5 seven you know? with that receiving core, he's a good coach. 6-6. Six and six. 
that's the problem. It's one one game is gonna make can make a difference. It really can. They he needs to have seven, eight wins next year. He exactly. really does. For your Christmas cards, do y'all use a professional photographer or just set something up and you use the camera on your phone? Ninety nine percent of the time it's just something from the phone. Mm-hmm. Um this year we actually had a uh it was kinda like these little mini mini sessions thing, so we had a pretty good family portrait. So mm-hmm. we just and we were, of course, we bought that picture. So yes. we had that picture, so we were like, I'd make a pretty good Christmas card. So we kind of fancied it up a little bit and, and made it out of that. But usually it's just something from the phone. Yeah, we've always just done something from the phone in the past. If I was going to use a professional ph- photographer, I would call my good friend Kelly Kelly Donahoe. Donahoe. She is she is fantastic. Yes, she is. Uh, but that said, you know. Fellow Man, I, fellow man City fan. You oh, will you stop? Oh, yeah. I don't know if everybody knows this, Her and this, I are big, big Man City fans. I don't know if everybody knows it. I've gotten Joel in, on the Premier League bandwagon I have bit. now voluntarily watched about five minutes did, of Did soccer. you explain on the show why you, you are cheering for Man City? I did not, but I can. It's r- r- a great r- story. Real quickly. Yeah. R- was running on the treadmill the other day at uh, the club here in Starkville. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to join me, come on come on over. Um, but was, was running, 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 and I uh, had... I don't remember if it was ESPN, SEC Network, one of the ESPN networks on, and saw at the bottom of the screen a soccer score. Did not even catch who who was playing. Had no idea. But I just saw that Jesus had three goals. So if Jesus is on the team, count me in. And uh, come to find out, Kelly Don- the team that, that Jesus plays for is Man City. And Kelly Donahoe is a huge Man City fan. So I have now joined. And she recruited you at my Christmas party. Yes. Yeah. I have now joined uh, forces with Kelly Donahoe and Jesus. When you learn some of the chants, I'm going to be pretty impressed. Uh, and I found it perfect that Jesus had three goals. Yeah. You know, it's, that was. Yeah. Man City ro- I, <laughs> rose from the dead well, to defeat Leicester City I mean, the other day. The Trinity. Yeah. Oh, no, I goals. get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. In the name of Aguero, De Bruyne, and Gabriel De Jesus. Uh, is, does he actually pronounce it Jesus? I no, don't even know. He's Gabriel De Jesus. He's, he's, oh, it's, there's a D-E in front of the... Well, I mean, it's his middle name, I think. De okay. Because I was going to say, on the bottom of the screen... Well, it, he just, just, it just, it just says Jesus, but yeah. He's, 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 okay. I think he's Brazilian. Okay. Yeah. So, I means he's Catholic. He's, he's one of us. So. I, did, yeah. I, I didn't know if, if... I mean, sometimes it actually is pronounced Jesus. I is it know. Gabriel Jesus or De Jesus? Hold on. You got me questioning myself here. I don't know. But I'm on the Oh, he's just Jesus. Never mind. Gabriel Jesus. Look at there. No, okay. Now, wait a minute. It is... Okay. Let's get the full thing here. His name is Gabriel Fernando de Jesus, but he's commonly known as Gabriel Jesus. Okay. So. So what's Man City's mascot? Do they have one? They're the citizens. The citizens. Yeah. Well, that's boring. Yeah, well, I mean, the soccer mascots, by and large, are boring. Chelsea's the Blues. You know, it's not minor league baseball. Liverpool's sure. the Reds. You know, like the only ones that are good... Or like Arsenal's the Gunners. That's a good name. Manchester United is technically the Red Devils, but nobody ever calls them that. It's it's mainly just to have like a mascot for kids. I didn't click on it, but didn't one of those English Premier League teams have like some kind of major controversy in the last day or two? Sure. Believable. Probably you're probably thinking of what happened with Tottenham at the Chelsea game where there was there was some racist abuse yes, of one of Chelsea's it. players. I did not click on it. They got a lot of problems with racism over there. Anytime that I anytime I see something that, that makes the rounds in English Premier League, yeah, you so see I, it. I kinda of think of, well, I see it, but then I think about I'll ask Brian about it, and then yeah. I usually don't think about it again. Yeah. But. That that that's like a huge problem over there right now. Is like fans being really racist towards African American well, African American's not the right term, but but black players. It's really out of hand. Like to the point where they're talking they they said that the next step for some of this is, is they're going to just cancel a game one day, or just start playing games in front of. I think I mentioned that to you a while back. There was a game where some fans uh, had some some issues, so the next game, which was away, they didn't sell any away tickets. So like there was a huge block of Chelsea Stadium with nobody in it because there were there had been fan problems. You know, we, I won't go down this road far at all, mm-hmm. but there is nothing stupider. In the history of the universe, wow. than, than racism, like nobody chose to be what they are. You know, All right. we're just no, who we wrong. we're just who we are. I only discriminate against one group of people: dumbasses. <laughs> and then that is perfectly. And you fair. choose to be that. Absolutely, you choose That's to be that. That's perfectly fair. All right, let's get back on track here. <laughs> what's the lay? I feel like Red Foreman there. You know? All right. Uh, What's the, la- the latest Santa has ever had to stay at either one of your houses to assemble a toy for your kids? He's, um, he's usually out of there at a reasonable hour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
you, you need to game plan this a little bit. I mean, you know what you have to build, what, what Santa has to build. Um, so you need to give him some instruction. Yeah. As to when are good times yeah. and when are not good times. You got to put, you put your kids to bed and, uh, at a reasonable hour. You yeah. can't let them stay so, up till all hours of the night. Yeah, you don't just let your kids go to bed and, and then call up Santa and, and tell him when he can, whenever he can make yeah. it. I mean, you got to plan it you're out. You're miss him bit. one day if you're not careful. So, uh, I mean, but yes, I've I've been up later than normal before doing stuff, but that just that's part of the part of the price because you got to unlock the door for Santa. Yeah, that's true. Or, or make sure the chimney's open. <laughs> What's, what's 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 going on over there? What's the most expensive gift you ever got your kids for Christmas that they never played with? We bought our son a ride-in fire truck that he never once touched. Buddy, I got enough fake cars and bicycles in my backyard that I could buy a real car. Yeah. We half of our garage right now is like riding stuff. Yeah, that never gets, yeah. And I, I have to say I got to give Cal T some props here. Mhm. He still, to this day, everything that's in our garage right now, he has ridden within the last week and a half. That's good. You're doing good Every there. single thing. I have there. a trampoline in my backyard that nobody plays with. I have a playhouse in my backyard that nobody plays with. I, I, keep, I told my wife, I was like, we got to stop buying them these things. Just why don't we go on a trip that we can all enjoy Yeah. instead of having a trampoline that is sitting out there collecting leaves. We, we have the perfect scenario right now because we obviously have... Cal T, who's three and a half. So mm-hmm. some stuff, obviously, he's kind of growing out of. But his little brother is now one and a half, mm-hmm. growing into some of the stuff that Cal T's kind of growing out of. And uh, so that works. my wife's sister has a boy that's about six about six months younger than, than Cade. So as soon as Cade like, gets past it, both of our boys are past it, and we just kind of pass it right on go. out of the house to, to uh, first cousin. There so uh, little baby Reed gets to play with some stuff. And he's, right. he's a boy too, so got we just, we're just passing it on down the line, trying to keep the house somewhat decluttered. But that's when you got two kids under three and a half. Maybe some of you have mastered it, but our house can it's just a cluttered mess of toys and just stuff everywhere. I mean, you got to watch out for the not Legos, but the blocks and stuff when you're walking around the house, and some of those suckers can sneak in the bathroom, and then you're stepping on those in the middle of the night and. Yeah, he can get ugly. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Your question here from John Jeffrey Nelson. If you weren't a Cumberland Presbyterian, and if I weren't a Catholic... Pronounce that again. Cumberland Presbyterian? Okay, you said it right. Okay. What did I say? Uh, it sounded like you said Cumberland. Cumberland. Okay, you did You did good. I mean, there's an M. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty a easy word to pronounce. Yeah. I, just, I thought you... What denomination would you be? <sighs> I mean... <sighs> my mom, growing up, was Church of God. Um, but, I mean, with what I believe, and so, I mean, I'd probably be more along the Baptist line, because really, Cumberland Presbyterian is, to break it down for you, Cumberland Presbyterian is different than regular Presbyterian. Cumberland Presbyterian is basically like almost Baptist, except we usually sprinkle when we baptize instead of dunk. Right. I mean, that, that's really, I know there, there's more than that, but th- that's probably the biggest visible difference that you would ever see if you came to our church. But at the, at the end of the day, I'm not a... Denomination stuff has never really made a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm team Jesus. Yeah. Methodist, whatever. If you love Jesus Christ, think he's Lord and Savior, we're on the same side. Like, I don't... The denomination stuff doesn't really much matter to me. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, But if you're asking, I'd probably end up in a Baptist church somewhere. My wife's Baptist, or went to a Baptist church, and I don't know. That's just generally, it seems like what 50% of the folks down here in the state of Mississippi are. Yeah. My grandparents and my dad were Greek Orthodox, so I guess I would have gone that way. You know, I could have, I actually had to make that choice. And I decided, since I live with my mom, it made more sense to be Catholic. So. Yeah. But yeah, I always liked the Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, let's see here. Nathan McQuarrie wants to know what's more impressive, Drew Brees' career touchdown record or Michael Thomas's season catch record? I'm going to go against the grain here, I think. I feel like it's Michael Thomas's record. First off, he broke a record that everybody said was unbreakable. He's still got two games left, so he's going to put that thing way out of reach. And, you know, the career touchdown record is just a, I mean, it's a result of years of excellence. A single season record, you know, those <laughs> random, some, some random people have single season records. Yeah. But they're very impressive because you just don't ever know. Everything's got to sort of go right for you for a year. Yeah, it, I kind of agree with you there. It's the, sort of like we were talking about the other day with uh, when we found out who was fourth on the all-time rushing list that we were just like, it's Frank Gore. Oh, yeah. We're like, Frank Gore? 
you know, not that Drew Brees isn't one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but anybody who plays in a passing system for as long as he had is going to accumulate numbers. Yeah, yeah. I've heard different guys say similar stuff, but I can't remember who it was when they got 3,000 hits or something in MLB. They were just like, well, it just means I've played for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and there's some truth to that. I mean, it also means you were pretty good for a long, long time. But I, I think that the, the Breeze record would probably more universally always be recognized, obviously, yeah. because when you play at the glamour position in sports, I mean, that's yeah. just that's why that's always kind of going to be seen up there. But I kind of agree with you that the others may be more impressive. Yeah, especially he's going to crush that. I mean, the Saints need – to. this isn't one of those situations where they can just sort of take a couple of weeks off because everything's – you know, they're still trying to get the number one seed. So Michael Thomas is going to play in these last two games. I mean, he's got, I think, 145 catches. The record was 144. Uh, if he – or something like that. I'm, I'm, I could be one or two off there. But if he just does what he's normally doing, he's going to be like close to – 165 catches. And that's 10 there's catches. Only, there's only one regular season game left, though, right? There's two. Isn't there? The Dolphins are 4-11. and 11. Well, I guess you're right. So I thought there was one game left. Or two games left. I guess I'm wrong. Okay, well, the Saints play the Panthers this weekend. So, well, he'll, then he'll put, you know. The Dolphins are 4-11. and 11. Did I, Just me saying that and knowing the, the lack of talent on that team, mm-hmm. it almost... I mean, I'm not mad about it because it is still fun to watch your team win. Um, but then there's that part of – I guess Tua getting hurt kind of changed all this for me because you I still think – You end up being better off. I think they're going to end up – if they want Tua, they can get Tua. The only thing is um, it would be really good if you had the first pick and somebody was just enamored with Burrow yeah. that you could trade down to like three. Because uh, the Giants are picking second, I believe. They're not taking a quarterback. And the Redskins aren't taking a quarterback. They just took one last year. So, I mean, you could be safe at like the fourth pick. So, you get a chance to – to, you could have a chance to make maneuver and get a couple extra picks, but at the end of the day, you're getting to us. So, ah, uh, where are we here? What is the worst Christmas song? Is what Tyler Rhodes wants to know. Worst Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of the rump bum bum bum. Little drummer boy. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of drummer boy. Okay. I'm I mean, go- I, I'm not saying that it's bad. I mean, I'm not going to change the channel because I, I like Christmas music, mm-hmm. but. I mean that that's one that just doesn't do a ton okay. for me. For me it's uh it's do they know it's Christmas time. I mean I don't need the guilt. You know, I know that there are people starving, but I try to help when I can. I don't I don't need to <laughs> I don't need Bono. <laughs> well tonight, thank God it's them instead <laughs> of you. I can't I can't I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that in my life on Christmas. So uh, Ryan Nelson wants to know, Eddie Murphy brought back some classic SNL characters this weekend. Who is your favorite Eddie Murphy SNL character, and who are your top five SNL cast members? Uh, I can do the last part of that. You're going to have to do the Eddie Murphy. Oh, thing. man. For me, uh, Mr. Robinson is the correct answer here. I mean, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood is hilarious, and it always has been. Uh, top five. For, for Go ahead with yours. Uh, I'm just going to throw them out there. I don't, I don't. I haven't ranked them. Adam Sandler. Okay. Um. Chris Farley. Okay. Uh, always like the ladies' man character, Leon Phelps, the ladies' man. And Tim Meadows. Name. Yes, I always okay. liked him. Um, who else? Will Ferrell. Okay. And that's uh, four. Yeah. Who's who's my fifth? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh. Dana Carvey, maybe? Okay. I'm going to go Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman, uh, Eddie Murphy, John Belushi, and Will Ferrell. Yeah. I feel bad leaving Sandler off, but... You were watching a lot longer than I, did. I ever did. Well, I'm older so. than you. Yeah. So that's how it works. Uh, Dear Old State wants to know, what is our thoughts on opening presents on Christmas Eve? See, in in my household growing up, Santa Claus would always come while we were at my grandmother's house earlier in the day on Christmas Eve. Like, we would have... Christmas Eve uh, supper at mm-hmm. my grandma's house and stuff all that. And then by the time we got home mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, up. Santa Claus had already come. So you didn't wake up Christmas morning to Santa? No, not growing up. Okay. Um, And, and that kind of left Christmas Day to, for the other side of the, the family. Right. We had Christmas on I that side you. and stuff. And um, So I'm not opposed at all to, to the Christmas Eve Santa Claus visit because growing up, that's how we did it. Okay. Well, Santa always came to see me in the morning, so that's not a big deal. But, like, what we do now with my kids is on Christmas Eve, they get to open one gift from us. They can pick whatever gift they want. So if they want to pick the biggest one on a tree, whatever. 
they get one. And then my wife and I open all our gifts on Christmas Eve. So that Christmas morning is about the kids. Yeah. That's how we do it. And then, you know, the only, the only thing I'm getting on Christmas morning is whatever Santa leaves in my stocking. That's a good plan. I like that plan, by Thank the way. You. Thank you. I might steal that plan. It's a good plan. It is a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I get my gifts a day early. <laughs> uh, dear old state again, Mississippi State hasn't had very, very many former football players as assistant coaches. Why do you think that is? We sort of talked about this on yesterday's Thunder and Lightning, about the idea of, of having somebody on staff who's a former player and why I think that can be a positive. That said, they just they just haven't had I, – I think it's just an odd coincidence. I mean, I don't think it's been a – Well, there hadn't been that many – Players to leave here and begin a coaching career, right? The only one I like, can think of right I mean, Bumpus, is Chad Bumpus, who would come back to Mississippi State if asked. And I would be shocked happened. if he doesn't end up here at some point. I will be not surprised as well. Yeah, there was no way he won't at some point be the be a coach here. I mean, and, and you have some guys like Banks and things that have mentioned wanting to be here and stuff. Yeah. And then I, I just ask, I mean, I know that these guys know football. This is not a knock on their football knowledge, mm-hmm. but I mean, to some extent, coaching is like any other avenue of life you would like to build a resume a little bit yeah and i just find it hard to believe that someone trying to win in the southeastern conference level even if the guy did play here is just going to hand a, a, an on-field coaching job to a guy that hadn't on-field coached you know right so that's and, and like we just said there, there's very few guys that are actively doing that right outside I mean, of bumpus and i mean Ch- cheney's obviously there's been, there's been a lot of guys in the uh the high school ranks that have been b- former bulldogs you know, I know that Otis Ridley is a coach. Uh, Darius Brown is a coach. Michael Fair is a coach. Uh, there's a few more here and there that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But for whatever reason, they just haven't. They haven't, you know, gone up to the college level. So I mean, I, I, I think it's just an odd coincidence. Uh, Rob Fuller wants to know what record does MSU need to have next year for Joe to be safe? Seven and five with an Egg Bowl win. Joe Moorhead is completely safe with seven and five with an Egg Bowl win. One hundred percent safe. I mean, and I think we said not too long ago on this here very podcast um, earlier in this show, didn't you say six and six though is is not good at all? It won't. It just depends on the six wins. I think you go six and six, you beat Ole Miss, and you win all four of your non conference games, and you beat Arkansas and Ole Miss. You're probably safe, but to me that is the that is the right at the teetering point. If state, yeah, yeah. If state is again six and six with a win over Ole Miss, I don't know what Cohen does at that point. I think he keeps him. I think, I th- and, and see, I think I'm I'm slightly on the other side of that. I think if if you're once again, once again at six and six, and all you're really your only claim all year was well, you got the egg again. I, don't, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I mean, it's just tough. I, I like I said, this is what I said last month that it's going to be tough to fire a coach at Mississippi State who wins, who goes to bowl. Games. I know it I just know. is. I mean, it will be unprecedented. I, I believe that. I didn't discover this, so credit to whoever did back during the Egg Bowl. But State has never fired a coach that won the Egg Bowl. I believe that's correct. Yeah, um, I'll be very intrigued if State six and six yeah, and, we'll and they win the Egg Bowl next year. What happens? All right. I, My friend Brian McDuff has three questions for us. Would you rather see CM Punk in WWE or AEW? AEW. AEW. It's not even close. He'd wrestle in AEW, and they would they would know what to do with him. Imagine if he showed up. And, I mean, immediately him and Jericho is the hottest feud in wrestling. No question. Well, there's just less of a filter there in AEW. Yeah, there's that so too. They could, they could. What is your favorite Jean Claude Van Damme movie? Bloodsport. Let's say we need to say ask you what your second favorite is because everybody's favorite is Bloodsport. Do you have a second favorite? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Not really. That big again. For me, it's Double Impact. You want to know why? Why? Because it's double the Van Damage. <laughs> I love Double Impact. What a great that movie is so far ahead of its time to do like two Van Dams. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, what was the other? Wasn't there was another John Claude Van Damme movie. It wasn't Bloodsport, but it was a combat style movie. That Universal Soldier. Yes, yes, I think that was it. Yeah, Kickboxer is great. Yes, Kickboxer. That's what I was thinking of. Kickboxer is great. Uh, the one where he's is it Sudden Death. Where he's the where he's the the security guard. He ends up playing goalie in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> That's fantastic. How can you go wrong with that? But it's Bloodsport, and and then there's he's that everything. Movie, I haven't seen the movie he's in with Rodman. I need to watch that. I haven't either. Haven't seen that one. Yeah, Bloodsport is the easy number one. 
Logan Ledbetter wants us to put an over-under of 25 touchdowns on Garrett Schrader next year. Is that rushing and rece- and throwing? If it's both, I'm, I would go I, over. I'd go over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's just passing, I would go under. Yep. For sure. Matt Black, have you noticed that there has been at least one instance in the big three sports that MSU could not control that kept them from becoming a dynasty? World War II killed football in the 40s. Political racism keeping basketball from playing in the tournament while Bailey Howell's on campus. Gene Morgan getting hit in 1985. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a dead Indian burial ground <laughs> on campus. I mean, didn't we all know that? I mean, that's that's tough right there. That, that's three times. I don't think World War II killed it as much as just the stupidity of firing Alan McKean. You know, the guy had been your winningest coach ever, and then you fire him, and then the next year you were 0-8. You scored 36 points in 10 games. Because you fired him. Uh, the, Bailey Howell is absolutely correct. If, if State could have played in the tournament, they would have won at least one national title and probably a couple. Uh, and then Gene Morgan, what can you do? And I've always said that about the 85. If, if State wins that national title, I think they become LSU. I think they have five or six national titles. But it is what it is. Do you know, don't you think, though, that for a lot of programs, I mean, you can find – you can find – Stuff that you just had no control over that cost them. Probably so. I mean, it's. But I mean, that's three good. That examples. is three good examples for yeah. sure. All right, uh, Jay Smith. What is your favorite non-traditional Christmas dish? What's that traditional Christmas dish? Ham, turkey. Uh, non-traditional Christmas dish. Yorkshire pudding. I don't know. I mean. This isn't a dish, but didn't I, t- I spoke of my love of sausage balls the other day. Yeah, that's, that's very traditional. That's a very holiday dish, yeah, though, I would I guess say. So. Like, for me, it's it's my aunt's lasagna. She makes lasagna every year, I and mean, it's fantastic. Maybe that's, But that's a problem. Maybe it is a tradition, because she makes it every year. So See, I don't know. I, I don't know that there's anything in, in my family, dish-wise, like that's just, we have this every Christmas. I know some people that make Christmas. steaks for Christmas. You know, I mean, that's a little untraditional. We, we've had that for Christmas before, yeah. but we, it's not a yearly deal. Like, yeah, so I don't know. I never know from one Christmas to the next what we're having at our Christmas family get-togethers. Yeah. What kind of cookie is a must-make for Santa on Christmas Eve at your house? This is, from, again, from Jay Smith. Must-make cookie? you got to have oh, a Oh, chocolate chip. Santa likes chocolate chip? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, let's see here. My kids always like to leave Santa some fruit, too. They always say, like, you know... You, have, have, have something yeah. a little... little. This, yeah, Santa likes fruit at our house. Yeah. Uh, Brad Jones wants to know, what's the best or your favorite Christmas present you ever got? I think we've answered this one a couple times, too. Probably so, but it's always great. Uh, was, I mean, still, I can... The tangible excitement of opening the Super Nintendo yeah. was, was pretty cool. So for me, it, like, not from Santa. My mom got me the, the Nintendo. The actual, the first Nintendo. And uh, it was one of those things where she had told me that she I wasn't getting it. Like, I did, we just can't do it. I was like, okay. And it was one of those, like, she she tricked me where she said, hey, I, I got a gift under the bed for your aunt. Well, you, I can't reach it. Will you reach out there and grab it? And I put my hand down there, and I couldn't really see. My mom's bed was low to the ground, but I could get my arm underneath. And I grabbed something. I pulled it out, and it was Metroid. I was like, what? And I looked, and there was the Nintendo. And then I didn't come out of my room for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Just playing Metroid and Super Mario Brothers. Love some ice hockey on the regular Nintendo. I, I was a Blades of Steel guy. Were you? That's, that's, to me, still the greatest sports game ever played. I, I, I would play Blades of Steel all day. <laughs> I played Brandon Walker. I was at his house in a, a few years back and crushed him like a grape. <laughs> now, he beat me on Tecmo Bowl. But still, Blades of Steel. Uh... Rob Montgomery, this is a good question. What's the first reaction to the news that CBS, CBS was not able to reach a deal with, a, with the SEC for the game of the week slot? No more Gary Danielson. Yeah. That's the first reaction I had. Second reaction is the, the, the strong gets stronger. Yeah. I mean, the, the SEC, I mean, the reports are that everybody's about to have like a 20 million plus bump in their yeah. budgets. I yeah. mean, holy cow. It's going to be about a $350 million deal when it's all done. Do you know, realize that the SEC is only making $55 million a year? Oh, right I know. Now? It was the best deal in all the sports. Like, whoever whoever did that for, for the SEC should be shot. Like, <laughs> how did you do that? And now, yeah, it's going to be a lot, lot more. But the first thing I thought was, no more Gary Danielson. Uh, Timmy McAnally wants to know what Christmas carol we're going to sing. I don't know. I guess we're not going to do it. I, I wanted to do it, but it just didn't happen. I mean, we have microphones in front of us. Yeah, we don't have any music. We're not going a cappella. That would be it's bad for acapella, us. Yeah. No, no, that's not that's not how we want to roll. We'll figure it out. 
Uh, Maybe we'll sing All Lang Syne or something here in a week. (laughs) (coughs) Who who are these questions from? I'm sorry. John Burnett wants to know, let's fast forward to the first week of September 2020. How apathetic, frustrated, pissed are state fans going to be if the same guys minus Gidry are the top receivers on the depth chart? Buddy, you might as well go ahead and get ready. Who, Who is coming in? I mean, Malik Heath, maybe. Yeah. But Osiris Mitchell, Austin Williams, Javante Payton, those are your top three guys right now. No question about it. So, let's get ready. Uh, does Justin Strawn set an alarm to get up in the 3 a.m. hour to send these questions in? I know people who get up at 4 a.m., but anyone who gets up before 4 a.m. has narcolepsy, is the 5 a.m. TV weather guy, or is Paul Gallo. <laughs> he, he gets up early. He, he has... He, on this show, he sent us his schedule for the day, remember? Yeah, yeah. And you and I both looked at that schedule and Gross. immediately gagged. Yeah, it was awful. It was it was wretched. Yeah. One more from uh, from John. When it comes to Christmas music, do you prefer hymns or other? I like both. Yeah, I like both. I love a good rock cover of a Christmas hymn. Like My favorite is Ronnie James Dio, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Fantastic. Uh, let's see here. Tony Loper wants to know who, by the way, is the best veterinarian in the city of Vicksburg. I hear good things. Yeah. When you were growing up, what athlete did you pretend to be while playing in the backyard? Unquestionable. Chipper. Chipper Jones? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, and before that, it was David Justice. It was like David Justice, and then I turned 10, and Chipper was uh, obviously had the huge 95 and was my favorite, and still is, my favorite brave of all time. So, yeah, yeah it went from David Justice to just Chipper. I was such a poor athlete that, like, I've always felt like an idiot. Like, you know... I knew I was going to be a lineman when I grew up. I got to play. I got to play. But like, who who play? Who pretends to be that? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jerry Rice yeah. playing football in the backyard. I guess. See, I had on the whole Chipper thing. I was playing third before Chipper came up. Yeah. He was actually a shortstop and like left. And then when he came up in '95, they you know he played third, and I was already playing third. So it just it just worked. Me and Chipper, we we're just kindred spirits. I tell yeah. you. Except, Have you ever met except, Chipper? Uh, no, he is one of the. I, I've actually met, met several Braves, but no, I have not met Chipper. Okay. And if I do, I will completely fanboy out. I'm sure you will. So, uh, Mangum Stats wants to know, what event would you enter in a rodeo? <sighs> it's dust and blood. It's, it's the roar of sun and ground. <sighs> what event would I enter in a rodeo? Wouldn't we just be the clowns? <sighs> we, that's, that, that's what we would in reality be. Yeah. Uh, you going to ride a bull? You ever ridden a bull? No, I've never ridden a bull. I've ridden a mechanical bull. You know, I, I've kind of got an in here in the rodeo industry. You do? Yeah. My uh, my my uncle's nephew. So it's like my uncle by marriage. You know, yeah, so yeah. Like his his nephew is like a national champion, like bull rider person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I may be screwing that all up. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what all he did. Let's see. He he was world champion steer wrestling. That's um, what I do. There it is. So he could teach us, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I have an in here for literally one of the best in the world. And uh, so I guess we're going to call up good old Tyler, and we're going to do some steer wrestling, and it ain't going to be long till we have some big old buckle around our I'm in. Belts. I'm, I would be in for that. I, I can't wait to watch you steer wrestle. You're going first. Yeah. You're going first. Yeah. And put a diamond cutter on him. <laughs> Take him straight down. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Uh, Ricky Reynolds, if we could pick the halftime entertainment in Nashville for the Music City Bowl, who would it be? It's Garth gotta be, Brooks. It's got to be Garth Brooks, right? How great would that be? And Speaking the, of rodeo. There you go. Another one from Dear Old State. Friends is set to leave Netflix January 1st, 2020. If you could add one sitcom not on Netflix currently, what would you add? I would add Everybody Loves Raymond. Hmm. I don't know what's not on Netflix. Yeah, I like, mean, I have Netflix, but Night I don't really Court know what's on Netflix. There. That would be my choice. This isn't a sit. This isn't a sitcom. But if it's not on there, and I don't think it is because I've looked before, mm-hmm. I used to love Chips growing up. That would be a good choice. I would love Ryan Nelson chips just, to be on just fist pumped. By the way, we had a chips. We had a chips appreciation uh, club in uh, in high school, and we got to watch <laughs> Chips one one class period. And then someone ruined it because they made an inappropriate reference. And then we never got to watch Chips again. Can't wait to hear that story. And it's not as funny as you think it is. But. Yeah. but still, that intro to Chips. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it, it is And amazing. then they ruined it with that Just, terrible movie. I didn't even go see it. I saw uh, this, this most recent one? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I saw the... the, the I, and I, was I like, saw it was I'm just like making it. fun of everything. Basically. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. I don't that. care anything I'm about watch that. that. Love some Punch and John, man. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. Jace Caldwell, what's a present you always wanted but never got? Ooh, always wanted and never got. Go. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. There's one for me right now that I... Uh, it's one of those deals where I keep asking for it. Basically, I, I'm, I'm going around my family saying, all you people that buy me little stuff, mm -hmm. pull your money. I want this one thing. What is it? It is the the Braves fantasy camp thing where you go to, oh, yeah, to yeah. Florida. Go for to like Florida. Week, and like your coaches are like Pendleton. And, yeah, and, yeah. And like that's a good choice. Play. Like that's something that I want to do before I get too old to do it. Yeah. And um, what, you're, so anyway. what you're creeping up on. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess... It's like five thousand bucks, I think. Nah, that's like that. what you should so, tell you tell your wife on January one. Like, look, this is what I want. All right. So you talk to my mom, everybody who gets me a gift, y'all pull your money. It's one of those deals where I could do it, but I just I would rather not do it for just me. You know. Well, I well, want to do take, like if I'm going to spend five thousand bucks, I want to spend. Is it whole near Disney? Somewhere. Well, it is, but like this is the fantasy camp because I looked at the schedule thing. It's like a pretty involved deal, so I would be basically doing that the entire time. How many days is it? It's like a week. Oh, okay. Let's say it's like if you could do, like if it was like two days and then you do three days at Disney, that would be fun for the yeah. family. But. And then you by the time, it out, though. You need by to the time it. you like do fantasy camp and then you want to add another four or five days on for it, I mean, then, nah, then nah, you're nah, really nah, talking nah, some money. It's, it's a long vacation, yeah. Nothing is coming to mind of like something I was just always wanted and never got. You know? Nothing, nothing, nothing really popping up. Uh, but I'm what, sure there was something when I was a kid I was really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get and I was disappointed. I, I think I've mentioned it, like the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Would have loved to have had that. But what's a present you would never ask for, but you'd love to get? Is that it? I guess you said you've asked for it. Though. Yeah, but I've I've asked for it like almost in a jokingly style. I'm oh, serious. Okay. I'm serious. Like I, if, if if any and I know some family members do listen to this show. If anybody wants to start the process of just pooling funds, yeah. so that I can go to this fantasy camp and like five grand that you just need to make two hundred dollars a month for twelve months, yeah. basically, and you'd be all right. Somebody told me one not two hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. It may have been Kyle Niblett, maybe misattributing that, but like, do a GoFundMe thing for that. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, no, don't like, no, no, don't do that because there's people that actually have needs. Well, I mean, that's just so, yeah, it's, I'm <laughs> so, not a big fan of GoFundMes anyway. It but, may not, not have been Niblett, by the way. So yeah. if, it was, if it wasn't you, Kyle, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus I'm, there. Something but, I would love to have, but I, I would never ask for. I don't know, just like a big trip or something. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I just got a, a text here. What is what is this? Breaking news? No, it's something like that. Okay. My daughter just texted me something. It's not important. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Where are I we? I would here? say that anything your children tell you. I promise you, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Michael Shurton says, when do we say enough is enough and move on from underperforming Ben Hallen? Well, you got to let this season play out. But let's just ask this question because I've been asked it. State misses the NCAA tournament next year. Ben Hallen coaching next year? Or coach misses it this year. Is he, coach is he coaching next year? I mean, I at that point he's missed the tournament. What four out of five years, or is it five out of six? Five out. Of, it would be four out of five. In the one year you got in the tournament, you, you were lost in the first round. I mean, that to me is. It, it, I'll just say this because I, I hate calling for coaches and saying mm -hmm. that they should be fired and that sort of stuff, but. If you wanted to make a case to get rid of him, you could absolutely do it at that point. I agree. I agree. I don't know if they would. And I don't I don't think it would be a criticized move if it no, happened. I agree with that. At that too. point. Uh where did it go? And by the way, Michael Sheridan, you used one of your words on one of your tweets to us. Yeah, man, we're, we were not gonna say that though. Uh Alexandra Watson says, I make clam chowder, New England type, every year for Christmas Eve. What are your Christmas Eve traditions? Well you sort of gave yours. <laughs> What do you do now? Uh, now, it's actually kind of adjusted a little bit since my grandparents passed away mm -hmm. and things. We're actually we're recording this show on, on the 23rd. Yeah. So now all that side of the family is getting together tonight on the 23rd. Mm -hmm. Now, my Christmas Eve is like at my parents' house. Um, so, you know, at my kids' and my brother's kids' grandparents' house or whatever. It's kind of, we've kind of adjusted that in the last two or three years. Um so, yeah, my Christmas Eve is spent at my parents' house, and uh, we'll enjoy the evening and then come home and wake up on Christmas morning, and yeah. Santa Claus will have, a, have arrived at our house. Okay. Yeah, we uh, we uh, we do the gift thing. Uh, 
We always get Chick-fil-A. We get like a nugget tray. Because, you know. Good call. They're delicious. And then I always read the night before Christmas. Before the kids go to bed. Do you dress up? No. Okay. No. Not even like a Santa Claus hat? I might have a Santa Claus hat on. Okay. That's about it, though. Will Gilmer. Welcome back, Will Gilmer. Yes. I haven't asked questions in a long, long time. Yes. I, 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 the other morning, uh, Cal T was hollering at like 4 or 5 a.m., whatever it was. But apparently at that juncture, uh, Will was out milking the milking cows. cows. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I saw that the other, uh, other morning. Welcome back, Will. Y'all have said Garrett Schrader will have the opportunity to become the next Dak. But wouldn't it be more interesting if he's the next John Bond from a personality perspective? <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. And John Bond won enough games. You can go. That's, you can be. Why not be yeah. both? Ask LSU how good John Bond was. I've, I have to know. I, one day I'm gonna sit down and figure it out. John Bond's got to be the only quarterback, maybe in SEC history, to beat LSU four times. Got to be. There, that list has to be short. Yeah. I mean, because think about like Alabama and their, their long streak. They didn't have the same quarterback for four years. You know, they had McElroy and then McCarron and and you know Sims and then Co- four years he beat them every year. I got to know the answer to that. Uh, what is the signature play that leads Kylan Hill's highlight reel? That's the thing. Like he has a bunch of good plays, but does he have like one great play? Is it one of his hurdling plays, maybe. Yeah, that that's something that kind of comes to mind. But even then, I mean, it, it, he hurdled, and then it was what like a ten yard run or something. I mean, it's, it might be that run against Arkansas where he faked the the end around and just took it all the way. That might be it. Maybe so. Um, he wants to know my midseason EPL best eleven. Oof. Oh God, that would take hours for me to sit down and think about. Oh, okay. Trying to think. Well, who- I was going to say, if you're going to answer this, then I'm going to scroll through Twitter for a minute. <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I know that there's a uh, a lot of Liverpool guys on it, uh, which I know makes you real happy, Will. You scouser. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Clifton Taylor. Miss, this is a good question. Mississippi Coliseum was deathly quiet Sunday until the last eight minutes or so. I can think of several games I've been to in recent years, the Hump, away football, basketball tournaments, where state fans just don't seem to make as much noise as other fan bases. Do we need to learn how to cheer again? Have we become too reliant on cowbells? That's a good question. Do you, do you feel that way? I mean, I do feel to some extent there is a reliance upon the cowbells. All you have to do is look at the reaction to some folks for not being able to ring cowbells in Nissan Stadium for this upcoming bowl game to see that – and I get that it's an emotional thing with the tradition and such too, but 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 then again too, I feel like this season may be a little bit of an outlier because of the crowd situation wasn't great for a lot of games. But yeah. I do feel like at football, whenever it's time to rest the bell and just yell, mm-hmm. state fans have done a darn good yeah. job at that. Last year with Florida and uh, and Auburn and A and M, those games were loud. Yeah. Um. And then and for basketball purposes, you've never had cowbells. Never had cowbells, but. Basketball's different. It's plenty loud in there for the women's games. Yeah, and it's there have been some moments where the crowd wasn't all that great for the men's basketball, but the crowd was pretty loud um, in some instances last year. Um, so those instances have been few and far between, quite yeah. frankly, the last half decade or so. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that probably in some instances there's a little bit of reliance on the Cowboys, but I think state fans by and large do a pretty good job when it's time to cheer. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, using men's basketball there, which is kind of what he's doing a little bit, that's tough to judge anything on. on th- th- that program is just, I don't want to say it's dead. It's not dead, but mm-hmm. its there is no excitement around None. it. None. I agree with that. Uh, let's see here. Philip Carroll. Y'all don't talk much about the redshirt freshman wide receivers when discussing the 2020 receiver outlook. No hope there? Here's what I would say. Remember how in 2019 or 2018, State couldn't throw the football and they didn't have great receivers, and Devontae Jason couldn't do anything? It's sort of the same thing for me here, right? That as bad as State was at receiver last year, Keziah Pruitt and Quentin Torberg got no reps. Why is that? Yeah. They obviously couldn't help last year, so why would I think they're going to be – that's going to be a uh, you-got-to-show-me kind of thing. I'm not going to buy into those two guys. I mean, I think you and I would both sit here today and say, like, Malik, he's going to have more yards both of those guys next yeah, year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Who has more yards next year? Tulu Griffin or one of those two, or ducking or, or Jordan Wally or somebody like yeah. Does any does it does either of those guys? I mean, I don't have a whole lot of of of, of, of faith there. I mean, just a couple of mid three star guys. Why would I think they're going to be difference makers? We'll see. Yeah, Clark Hayes. Who in Mississippi State history should have come back for one more year in any sport? Duranya's one. Duranya Wilson is probably the correct answer here. Um, 
because I don't want to say a guy like Dante Jones because he was a first round pick. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. Beniqua should have come back. I don't yeah. know that that's a bigger didn't get drafted. Yeah. Oh. Um, is there a baseball guy that that came out too too soon? And then nobody's coming to mind there. Hmm. If I had more time to think about it, I could probably come up with some yeah. some baseball. Jeronimo Wilson's the correct answer to me. So. Um. I mean, he made the right call too, but I would have loved to have seen Austin Riley at Mississippi State. Yeah, no, you're I mean, right. That, that's not but, leaving early. He was never here. Right. So but, yeah. Uh, a Swenson wants to know: At what point do we stop trying to bring back quote national brands that were good in the '70s through '90s but haven't been relevant since, specifically Nebraska, Notre Dame, and Southern Cal? Well, first of all, Southern Cal was good last decade. They were they won two national titles, um, and then on top of that, or so they just won one, but they played for two. Uh, and then Notre Dame was in the playoff last season. And they played for a national title like five years ago. So they've been good. Now, Nebraska is just different. Southern Cal and Notre Dame can recruit nationally. They can go to Florida. They can go to Texas. They, they Obviously, Southern Cal can go to California. They can get top players. Yeah. Nebraska cannot. Nebraska's not going into Florida and getting the top player. It's just not happening. Um, but it made me think of this. And maybe, I don't know, you won't know the answer, but how in our father's generation, like how long was it before people gave up on Army? You know, Army was oh, dominant in the 40s and 50s, right? And then they just stopped. And your know, Navy was good through the 60s because they had Roger Staubach. But when did people start stop? You know, how many preseason polls came out with Army and Navy in them before they finally said, okay, never mind, these guys aren't good anymore? Because Nebraska, remember they were ranked in like rank week two? Yeah. And they finished four and eight. Yeah. So I can't remember if this was a question to us or if it was. Uh on one of the message boards, but I kind of wish State would play one of the service academies. I, would, here, here I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'd love to go do a home-and-home, because home, they say like going to West Point is yeah. awesome. Yeah. My This this text is blowing up here. What is it's, happening it's, here? Somebody may be wanting something else for Christmas, man. <sighs> it's too late for that. Uh, another one from A. Swenson. Why is the Dark Order getting so much of a push on AEW? Uh, you and me both are wondering that, brother. I, I don't... I get that you want to have like that. You, that closed the show the other day, and I. I get where they're going that with that because like, if you remember, like WCW, they always there were two heel stables, right? There were the Horsemen, and there was the Dungeon of Doom, and you need sort of like that little goofy offshoot kind of thing. So you have the Inner Circle, and now you have the Dark Order, and but I don't see where they're going to go with it because here's the thing: like there's like twenty of them, there's only five of the Inner Circle, so they could beat them anytime they. I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. He's also asking, is Orange Cassidy the best thing about AEW? Nobody's in the top five. He's, he stole my look, so. <laughs> We're going to take it back, though. <laughs> uh, Sean Brown, Ghostbusters and Top Gun are both coming out with sequels next year. Which one are you most looking forward to? Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. Not yeah. even close. I don't even see what they're doing with Ghostbusters there. Like the the the, the all female. I'm not going to try to go down the social justice thing. I'm not going. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. So, I'm not a big fan of that. But the new Top Gun looks awesome. Looks really really good. <coughs> and you know it doesn't even have to be the greatest story ever. Just just let, let me have some nostalgia. You yeah, know? and some you know planes, missiles, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise flying around. I'm in. I'm in for that. Uh, what's your favorite '80s movie? Oh, uh, something comes to mind. Major League comes to mind. That's a good choice. Uh, I may be in, getting into the early '90s here, but I don't think I am. I think it was late '80s. Um, the Jack Nicholson Batman. That was uh '90. That was '90. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, uh, Trading Places. Um, I love Ghostbusters and I love Top Gun. Uh, The Great Outdoors. Was Bloodsport an '80s movie? I don't think so. Let's see here. If so, throw that on my list. <laughs> Uh, 88. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, let's see here. And then, uh, where did this go? We got everything sort of mixed up here. Hold on, hold on one second. We're getting back into it, folks. Hold on. <sighs> Going off what you said last week in response to my question, which I don't remember what his question I think it was made of the best teams. Who are the worst teams in all major sports from this century? This century? And he gave us four examples. 2012 basketball. 2012 women's basketball, 2015 baseball, 2004 football. That's a good question. The worst MSU team of the decade. 
I would put 2015 baseball was really bad, but I would put like Cohen's second team. That team was awful. 2010. Well, that was like 2000, 2010. Was it 2010? Yeah. That team. No, was, 2009 was the second team. Right? No, Polk's last year was 08. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that team was really really bad. Rick Ray's first team, the 12th team, is really 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 bad. I don't know. Now, that, the team that he mentioned was that baseball team that, I mean, they just found ways to lose. They did. They did. It was it was uncanny, their ability. I mean, if you looked at a game and State was up three going into the bottom of the ninth, just mark it down. They're going to yeah. lose. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I said this century, not this decade. Oh, this century? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have the 04 football. That was, 04 was not Croom's worst team, though. 06 was Croom's worst team. That team was putrid bad. They couldn't score on anybody. Just, oh. That whole time period, just run, it runs together. Like I, I can't. The last three years of Cheryl and all of Croom's years run together for me. Like it's just one big horrible. One big blob. I'm of, trying to see who did State beat that year. 2006. They scored 221 points in 12 games, mm. so they averaged less than 20 points a game. They were shut out the first two games of the season. They beat a three and nine UAB team. A FCS Jacksonville State team, and then somehow they beat Alabama at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, the most points they scored all season on an FBS. Oh, that team. was the goal line stand at Alabama, yeah. wasn't it? Like the most that? points they scored all year was thirty-one on an FC an FBS team. They scored thirty-five on Jack. They, they, of course, Croom, you know, never top forty. Never had a team score forty points in a game. Think about think about college football and what it is, and how to not score forty points in five seasons. So, hell, that, well, the 08 team might have been worse. They only scored 183 points. They scored 14 or less, one, two, three, four, five, six games out of 12. The most they scored all season was 31 or 34 on an FCS school. I mean, that's the other thing people forget. Like, State played competitive games sometimes with Croom against FCS schools. They beat. Southeast Louisiana by thirty four to ten. They beat Gardner Webb thirty one to fifteen. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, of course they lost to Maine. So you don't say. God, his 05 team was worse than that. They only scored one hundred and fifty three points. One hundred and fifty three points in twelve games. Oh, eleven games. I'm sorry, eleven. This is bringing up a lot of bad memories. Listen to these. Listen to these scores. They scored thirty eight. <laughs> This is supposed to be the Christmas season. We're supposed to be making people's hey man, nights jolly and sometimes bright. Sometimes for Christmas, you got to remember the bad times. And to appreciate, appreciate the good. good. So this is how many points State scored in each game. 38-0-21-10-7-9-16-7-0-10. So from week one, week one they scored 38. Week 12 or week 11 against Ole Miss, they scored 35. So that's 73 points. So, in the nine games, in the other in nine games, they scored eighty points. God Almighty, I'd forgotten how bad that was. Oh five's his worst team, even though they beat Ole Miss. I'm saying that's the worst one. That's the worst team of the century. You've convinced me. It, and they beat Ole Miss somehow. God Almighty. Uh, dear old state, I guess we'll talk about this rumor that there was a fist fight between two prominent members of the football team. I believe that it, I've, I've seen Steven Robertson report that it did, in fact, happen. My understanding is that, that something did, in fact, happen. But that said, fights happen on football teams. They happen all the time. Yeah. All right. If you played football at any level, you got into a fight with a teammate at some point. Or you saw a fight between your teammates at some point. You just did. So, that said, I don't think anything long-term damaging yeah. is happening. Yeah. And I will say, too, and if it happened the way that it's kind of sort of out there that it happened, I, I mean... Between the players that it happened between, yeah. it just it that shouldn't happen. No, I agree with that. <laughs> like, that can't happen. Well, uh, brick by brick says if there was such a thing as unsee juice, and it came in a gallon jug with a shot glass, what would you want to unsee from any of the athletic programs so far this year, and how many shots would it take this year? Yeah, I want to unsee the Tennessee game. And that's probably going to take about three shots. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's the answer. I don't know how many shots. If, it, if it's me, it probably only take like a the, it hitting my lip. Yeah, you, you and then I'm good. done. Yeah. Um. But. But yeah, I mean, I guess right now that's the low point of this athletic year. Yeah. 
Uh, Brit Dog. With ABC, ESPN buying the rights to the Game of the Week, they haven't bought those yet. It could be, it could be on Fox, but I don't know. Is the word if the Game of the Week will move to a night game or remain in the 230 slot? I have to think that they're going to want to keep that 230 slot, right? It'd be tough as successful as that has been in that time to slot move to move that. And I mean, or here's the thing, like, you don't even have... Here's where it helps, though, now. Like, I guess it wouldn't... What, what, is it, it still g- the game of the week, though? You could still have the 230 slot and just have a game there, but the game of the week is the 6 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so I'm guessing if ESPN and Disney, whatever, buys this, like the, mm-hmm. it, this would this game would be on ABC. Yes. Um, and, and then with ESPN owning or whatever, you're not really worried about other games... Right, you can bump it into else that time around. slot, yeah. so it gives you more flexibility to schedule. Fox will probably put, and Fox isn't going to go up against that. Fox is talking; they're, they they were very successful this year with that noon kickoff, and they're the ones talking about doing nine a.m. for the Pac-12. So, I think you're still going to have a two thirty game. I don't know if it'll still be the game of the week though. That's, that's nine a.m. for the Pac-12. They're nine a.m. Like, our time; it'd be noon out there. Nine a.m. Eastern, but uh, that'd be seven a.m. on hold the West on. Coast. Okay, what am I saying here? No, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. 9 a.m. out there. Okay, so 11 a.m. 11 a.m. here. Okay. Yeah. I would be down for that. Because Pac-12 football is fun to watch. And, and, and you don't ever get to see it unless you want to stay up till 2 in the morning. Uh, Dale Young. Will State have an offensive coordinator next year not named Joe Moorhead? I vote no. I mean, even if they do, Joe is still going to be... He's got 51% of the vote. Yes, is that what he likes to say? Yes, and the offense is his thing. Yeah. I mean, his his spoon's going to be the biggest in that kitchen. So, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe just for window dressing purposes, people would feel better if somebody comes in and you give him that title, kind of like Getsy had a year ago. But right. but at the end of the day, I mean, Joe Moorhead's going to be the offensive coordinator of this team. That's why you hired the man. Yeah. That is why he was brought here. And if you take that away from him, then my question, as you have already asked on this program in weeks past, why are you paying? Why him? are you paying? Him what are you doing with, with him? Yeah. Brad McWhorter says the SEC and he's talking about the SEC thing means the SEC will belong to Disney. Which SEC head coach should be the newest Disney princess? I mean, are you really asking that question? You don't know what the answer is. <laughs> you don't. You don't know that there's a. You know. You don't know who I'm thinking of. I think you know who we're thinking of. All right. Do we have to say it? It's Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That guy's princess written all over him. Uh, Kevin Wright, who is also a Man City fan. He's with you guys. <laughs> hey. uh, what does hashtag COYB and hashtag KTBFFH mean? Uh, COYB means come on, you blues. And KTBFFH means keep the blue flag flying high. They are Chelsea uh, chants or sayings or whatever. What is the best breed of dog? I've owned more of these than any I've ever had, and if I get another one, it would probably be it'd be a lab of some kind. I love a lab. Labs, yeah. Uh, is there a bad breed of dog? All dogs are great. I, I will say this, and I, my oh. wife had one when we got married, and she's still kicking. Uh, Chihuahuas can be very annoying. Okay. Yeah, just yelping nonstop. The wind blows the wrong yeah, way. I can yelp. That. All right. Farts. Yelps. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? Cal Brown. Help me and Peyton Neely settle this debate once and for all. Which is the best Christmas movie? A Christmas Story or Elf? Elf. You and I were Elf. good. Christmas Story. Elf. Christmas Story. We would disagree on this. So there is no... There is no... Uh, there is no uh, settling this because you and I have the same debate. And I get tired of not seeing... Uh, Four Christmases among any rankings. I've never seen Four Christmases. I don't Vin- even know Vince what it Vaughn, is. Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious. Hilarious. If you have not seen Four Christmases, I demand that you watch it sometime in the next 48 to 72 hours. All right. I'll, I'll, if I see it, if it's on, I'll look for it. It will be on. All right. I'll it was on it. the other day. I'll look for it. Jeez Louise. You need, to, you need to watch it. Last one from Ethan Foster. Does the fact that Christmas Vacation is not a family-appropriate movie come into play when deciding what is the best Christmas movie of all time? Because I think it does, and the Santa Claus will always be number one, no contest. First off, the Santa Claus, really? Come on. Mm. But secondly, no, Christmas Vacation, that's what real life is. That's how life goes. (laughs) Hallelujah, holy bleep, where's the Tylenol? (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> that rant is just... It's, it's epic. It's, you know you know who my favorite character is? I can't remember his name, though, but he's uh, Aunt Bethany's uh, husband. <laughs> they, they want you to you say, say Grace. Grace? She died 37 years ago. The blessing! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. And I love the SWAT team or whatever, like, busting in oh, the yeah. window yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the musical yeah. score. Yeah, <laughs> Why is the carpet wet, Todd? Yeah, I don't the, know, Margo. Margo. Oh, yeah, yeah, Christmas vacation. Yeah, Santa Claus? Come on. All right. That's all for today, and that's all for uh, for Joel and I this week. We have a podcast tomorrow, but we've already recorded it. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, enjoy that on the your podcast Christmas. that you hear tomorrow was actually recorded like two days ago. Yeah. So. so that said, if you're uh, driving anywhere tomorrow, or if you just you know want to take a little break from uh, from the Christmas vacation stuff, we're there for you with a brand new Thunder and Lightning. But that's the last one for the week. Uh, no podcast on Thursday or Friday. Uh, no Sports Talk Mississippi today or tomorrow. Uh, and then I will not be on on Thursday. I'll come back on Friday. And then I won't be on the Monday show, obviously, because it's happening at the same time as the Music City Bowl. I'll head up to Nashville this weekend. And uh, we'll have we'll have a podcast for you on Monday, one way or the other. So that's other. our next podcast will be Music City Bowl Day. Yeah. three Our final three Ps of the season. So That's breaking you. news to me, too, because I actually thought we were doing another one later this week. So No, no, we're done. We're okay. done. We're done. We're out. We're going to enjoy Christmas, folks. And, and we hope, and that, we hope that you do as well. So, from Joel T. Coleman, woo, woo, woo. I'm Brian Haddad. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.